Hello, and welcome back to A to Z with Amy Z. I'm your host, Amy Z. All right. So, as I said in the last episode, we are starting to get some questions, and people are talking, and I'm hearing you, and I love it. So, occasionally, hopefully more often, we are going to start addressing some of your questions. I hope to keep some of this light and airy. Let's may have some fun with it. Um, I don't want to get anybody like, oh my gosh, she's so she stresses me out or I can't listen to anymore because it's so deep and dark and depressing. So we're going to try and keep it as light as we can. But Julie's question is um, is a good one. It's very good. It's very serious. It's on a seri- more serious topic. So Thank you so much. I love hearing from you guys. We are going to definitely start to address some more questions and emails on the show. So please write in, message me on Instagram, any topic you want to discuss. I am a completely open book, as you have probably already noticed, um, transparent through and through. So um, yeah. Oh, and so Julie did not leave her where she was writing in from. So Miss Julie, if you could email me back, that'd be awesome. Um, I would love to know where you guys are are writing in from. I see on Buzzsprout where my listeners are at, but I would just love to get a little more in depth. It makes me feel like, I don't know, I guess I can think of you like, let's say Julie's in Topanga. Okay, great. I'm thinking of California now and, and Julie's there. And I don't know a Julie in Topanga, but I'm just saying like, I will think of you often and send you positive vibes. So there you have it. Let me know where you live. All right. So Julie's email question goes like this. Um, Hi, Amy. After listening to a recent episode about being empty nesters. Yes. In fact, it was the finale of season four. I wondered what your relationship was like with your husband and the kids after they left. Let me explain. My husband and I have been cohabitating amicably for years. Yes, sex is involved, but it isn't mind blowing either. And now that our oldest went away to college and the youngest will be leaving next year, I wonder if we'll stay together or drift farther apart. To complicate matters, Ever since the kids stopped playing sports, he's disengaged with them and feels like he has nothing in common anymore and has stopped trying with them, putting me in the middle of all conversations and activities. I'm constantly in the middle trying to, trying to get the kids to talk openly with their dad about what's going on in their life, as well as encouraging my husband to talk to the kids and find something other than sports that they can engage in. I am always stressed out going home and wonder if it wouldn't just be easier to step out and away from the chaos. Thoughts. Julie, I'm so sorry. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. We have some commonalities for sure. My husband too was a he's a sports guy through and through and um that was very much a connected space for my kids. And my oldest was not athletic at all and my middle was very athletic and my son was very athletic but not as interested at all. So there was like all these combos going on. And the one thing that we could all do together and really enjoy each other's company was skiing. That's an expensive sport and not one we got to do very often. It was like every year, every other year. And um, and that fades. You know, you, you can't talk about skiing in July. I mean, you can, but you don't really. So it, it was always tricky in our house, too. Um, it was. Um And then I felt like let's go back. To, I don't want to. I don't want to mess up your questions. Let's let's start with it. Let's start with the last one. So you're in the middle. You're feeling like you're being pulled. 
I hear you. I think every mom to some degree obviously always is, right? We're way more connected intuitively to our children, what's going on. Somebody's getting sick. Um, somebody hasn't cleaned their room. Somebody hasn't showered in a few days. Like we're always very in tune to that and we're, we're stepping up to the plate. There are lots of dads out there. I know several who are, do the same thing, but it feels like the vast majority are the women who have birthed these these beings and we are the ones that are are putting out all the energy to keep us happy, to keep us fed, to keep us clothed, to keep us organized, to, you know, find the Band-Aids in the medicine cabinet. Okay. Yeah. With, I, I don't want to see a squirrel, but I saw another one the other day, or just right now, with my husband and putting away the vegetables in the meat and cheese drawer. It drives me bonkers. Like, so yeah, finding Band-Aids, even that simple. It's like you could say to them, it's in the the linen closet on the middle shelf third of the right drawer, like you can see all those things. I can't find them, right? So it's always the mom that's the go-to. It's always the mom that it's like, but you forgot I have this going on at school. Like it's always the mom for the most part. So I get where you're feeling with that. And I, I know in my house, I started and I, I, I could get the things going. And so I just, I just started doing all of it because it's like, it's just easier this way. Even if that was like, hey, honey, we have a we have a baseball game at nine in the morning or, you know, so and so's got this and needs to be taken here and blah, blah, blah. Like I would just coordinate and organize it and sort of force feed it. So now fast forward and our kids are getting older. They may drop out of a sport or two and things start to shift. And now you're all discombobulated because it's like, well, if if dad's not trying to find the Band-Aids. If dad's not initiating, you know, trampoline time together or a ski trip, where, where does that leave dad when that was like sort of this binding glue that they had? Unfortunately, it was just a glue stick. It wasn't super glue, right? Unless dad wants to use super glue for the sports or whatever, there's there's going to be this disconnect. Um, so he's disengaged. And he doesn't feel like you guys have, they have anything in common. Here's what I don't, I recommend you don't do. Don't create something for them. Um, that's another thing on your plate. And at some point, we can't keep parenting our, our husbands, our spouses. We can't keep, we can't keep going on because it is more stress to our plate. And we have done too much for too long that we probably shouldn't have. Let's be real honest. American moms are kind of going overboard. I mean, you've heard the whole helicopter mom. Now we've got Karens everywhere. Like, why? We're doing too much. We're doing too much. We're not letting our kids fail. We're not letting relationships tank. We're trying to please everyone. We can't say no. Stop it. Stop. So if your husband's disengaged and he's putting you in the middle are you putting yourself in the middle? Don't. Get out. If your husband's getting frustrated that he, you know, nobody wants to watch the baseball game with him, nobody wants to sit down and, and go over sports stats or, or throw the ball in the backyard, okay, what are they doing? Are they on their iPad? Are they watching movies? Are they saving for a car? Are they getting a new job? Go visit them at the new job. Have dinner at whatever restaurant they work at now, you know, Teach them how to change a tire on their car. Um, you know, are they dating? Ask questions about the person they're dating. 
Are they reading a, a fun book? Read it along with them. Find things. But that's not on you, mom. Or if vice versa, if it's flipped and the mom's out and the dad's doing like that's not on you to create a relationship for your spouse and your children. If he's disengaged and he's frustrated about that, that is on him. He's an adult. He needs to freaking figure it out. Not on you. Take that stress off your place, plate and throw it against the wall. You don't want that spaghetti stress. That's not it's not your it's not your dish. Let it go. You got enough stuff still going on. Um, okay, that was totally off my notes here. Not totally off, but it wasn't exactly the way I, I had planned on saying that, but that's okay. Um, that, okay. So just as an example in my house, um, my husband's not a talker. He's very quiet. If you've listened to anything in season one where he came on, which I think was like twice, he says like n- nil next to nothing conversations with him are quite comical um for other people for me i just know what he's thinking so i just say it or you know whatever but so with the kids it's even funnier um like yesterday it was his birthday and so my daughters are both in mexico right now and they facetimed in and hey dad happy birthday and he's yeah yeah thanks what'd you do today what'd you do this weekend you know like trying to like draw stuff out of him and he's just kind of blank stares. Oh, it's really hot. Uh-huh. Like he, <laughs> he can't. And so I'm in the background going, we went kayaking. We did this. We did this. We did this. And then we're like, thanks, mom. We're talking to dad now. I'm like, yeah, like I shouldn't have butted in. I should have freaking stayed out of it. It was just, it was like, it was like fingernails on a chalkboard for me. I couldn't handle the slowness of the conversation. The fact that he couldn't remember what we had just done that morning or that day after or the day before or whatever he couldn't he couldn't remember or he just wasn't seeing it fast enough and they're in the they're in the FaceTime together in Mexico on vacation like chilling and they want to just like not not saying they needed to get the conversation over but it was just like dragging and it was painful to listen to and I jumped in and I was trying to like tell him stuff it's not my business they called him for his birthday it's not my business but booking backwards and when a lot of this stuff started and my kids did, my husband was disengaged from them for a bit. And that too was painful to watch, but I didn't have time because I was still working. I was still doing things with the other kids that were home. Like it was sad. It was sad in a lot of ways because you envision your husband doing X, Y, and Z. You envision the father of your children playing out in a certain film, right? And it doesn't always it probably never does and so we've been trying to create it since they were born and make things happen and look really pretty and blah 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 and then it doesn't work that way and that hurts it's kind of it's painful in another right it just it's we're sensitive to that and we desire that but guess what that's life things aren't gonna they're just not as pretty as we make them out to be in our head you have to separate yourself from that and allow allow your spouse to mess up and allow the kids to desire it as well. And they will. They will. So, for example, when my oldest moved and they didn't have sports in common, they had very little to talk about. My oldest was a reader, book, head in the book all the time. Um, my husband does not read for fun. He reads for education. Um, 
And so they didn't have that in place. Like there was all these things they did not have in common. Um, but there was mutual respect. There was always that. So when she moved out, she wasn't far from home. Actually, it was in college when we didn't let – we'd never let our kids take uh, – freshman year take a car to school. But then after that, they'd have a car at school and she would have a car issue here or there. So it was always dad, dad, dad. Awesome. Then when she moved uh, – came home and she moved out and she got her first place and she rented a house. Uh, and it – oh, baby. It had issues. So what do you fix and what does the landlord fix? What do you do about it? What do you not do about it? Like, what are your, can you do this? Can you do that? Whatever. It was always dad, dad, dad. Great. So their relationship is still not, it's not like dreamy. It's not like father of the bride or anything, but it is theirs and it needs to be. And I need to stay out of it. And then when my middle went to college, and played sports and, you know, we'd watch her on TV. So there was still like some drive there to like keep things going. But when she decided um, she no longer was, well, no, she did play sports her whole four years. Okay. So they're very similar. <laughs> they're very similar. So I guess they have found their bonding. It really was probably 2020 over COVID time when she had come home for the summer and they were reading research articles and doing all kinds of things. And they both really like that scientific body stuff and they bonded then. So it's like I and I have like very little desire for that crap. So they had their moment as they should. And they've had some really good heart to hearts since then. And that's amazing. So don't give up hope is what I'm saying. Don't give up hope just because he's disengaged with the kids doesn't mean that he won't find it somewhere down the road that he needs to, but you can't get in the middle of it. Don't, don't get in the middle of it. It's way too much stress on you. And it doesn't make sense for their relationship because it doesn't become theirs. It becomes your manipulation of what their relationship should be. So knock that off. Don't, don't bother with that. All right. So let's go back to your, your first question. Um, I wondered what your relationship was like with your husband, with the kids after they left. So I, I've always been sort of in tuned to that separation of time. From a very, very young age, I saw my parents never get along. So I always wanted to sort of overcompensate. So I always sort of grabbed any data, any information I could get from healthy couples that I would meet or I would acquire information from. So we tried to always keep date nights going. Um I mean, it didn't, it wasn't always on the regular, but we just, or a trip, we would go places and leave when the kids were old enough, we leave them at home. And that is huge for a relationship. Um, another one that I know a lot of people don't like to talk a lot about, but I'm very fortunate that our sex life is beyond amazing. It's really good. So you had mentioned because you had mentioned um, that you're cohabitating amicably could that could mean you're sleeping in other bedrooms or in separate floors or whatever. Yes, sex is involved. So this is there's still some love there. There's still some desire there. There's still um, passion in some regard, I think. And if so, that needs to be a flame that's fueled up. You need to get that get that going again because there is so much power in intimacy in a relationship. 
And intimacy does not have to be sex. It, it doesn't it, at all. For mine, it's a huge part of it. And I do think that for a lot of people, it is, and I think it still has to be a part of a marriage for sure, but it doesn't always have to be. It's like, I hate football, but during football season, sometimes I'll just sit and knit or play my phone or whatever just to be in the same room. To me, that's an intimate way of saying, I love you so much. And he knows I hate football. Just the whistles make me want to nap. Like I can't, I just, I just don't like it. I don't like men crashing into each other and distorting their bodies for a ball. I don't like it. Give me some strategy like baseball, basketball, hockey, like hockey can get pretty dangerous too. Anyway, another topic, another time. But finding, okay, so let's go back to, I guess, let's go to my notes. Let me get back on track here. Um, First off, no husband's perfect and no father is going to be perfect. So let's lay that out there too. So if you're amicable and you're living together and you don't, you're not like biting each other's faces off constantly, people aren't screwing around each other, nobody's throwing plates against the wall, nobody's throwing punches, you're in a, you're in, you're in a normal, healthy, I think, marriage situation where people are just sort of drifting, right? So are you going to float back together or are you going to just let it all dissolve? That's really up to you. But just keep in mind that no one is perfect. No marriage is perfect. No person's perfect. And so let's start with the basics, right? That's that's the most basic. Um, here's – maybe I'll jump. No, let's see here. Um, okay. So we, one thing I, I like to think about when I'm frustrated or mad or angry, what are the first things that I liked about my husband? Why did I even choose him? So if we can go again to the basics and find out those little things that drew us to the person in the first place. Now, I'm not saying people can't change. People change all the damn time. Like, I am not the same person I was 10 15, 20, let alone 40 years ago. I'm not. And I don't think I'm going to be the same in another 40. I know I, I won't. I'm hope, I'll am i probably be a whole lot more chill. Let's hope. So I'm not saying that bad things can't happen. We're, we're basically, let's discuss in this episode today, it sounds like to me that in your energy of your letter, that you guys are just been so hellbent and so focused on the kids and you're knowing the time is coming when they're not going to be there, are you two still going to have that same love and desire to be together with one another? And if you haven't already started date nights, start them soon. If you haven't already vacationed, just the two of you, figure out a way and do it, even if it's an overnighter. That's one thing we would do not a lot, but especially when money was awfully, awfully tight, we would stay in a hotel in town one night just to have hotel sex, just to watch TV without kids asking, just to not have to walk the dog. Like All those simple little things. We'd have dinner. We'd have hotel. We would crash by eight o'clock. Didn't matter. It was our time away. So something as stupid and simple as something like that. But I, I do ask you to think about what are the common interests 
that brought you together in the first place? And what do you still have in common now? Is it movies? Is it a sport? Is it um, is it animals and loving animals? Is it reading and book club? Is there something new and fun that you could learn together? I am learning pickleball. My husband has zero desire and he's actually quite frustrated me over the last couple of years because how much he can't stand it. And I'm trying to force feed it down his throat. Well, guess what? He has his baseball. He does his thing. And now I have pickleball and I do my thing. And it's instead of seeing it as that's yours and this is mine and we're separate. No, it's actually kind of awesome. He has his time away. I can have the house to myself and have quiet. And I have my, my time away to meet new friends and to get my exercise in and learn something new. And then we come together and we share who had the most home runs or how to keep scoring pickleball now because now I finally know. Like now you can come together. And even though you're not doing it together, you can come together and teach one another and talk about it. But is there is there something you can learn together? Maybe it's skiing. Maybe it is. You've always wanted to try and so has he and you never did because you had the kids and yada yada. Do it. Do it. Maybe it's um, maybe it's poems. Maybe you need to go to like some poem slam thing. Maybe it's like a new fancy bar that just came into town and and all they do is muddle all their drinks and you can only afford one. Doesn't matter. You go. Mike and I had one of the best date nights when we were in Phoenix this winter. Um, Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the bar, but it was like three bars in one and we could only afford one drink each. It was the best drink I've ever had. It was so good. The atmosphere was amazing. We will talk about it through and through. Next time we're in town, I'm sure we'll go back and we'll take people back. Like it was so good. And yeah, so it's like find something, anything. Find a hiking, find a forest near you. I don't, whatever it is. Is there something that you can learn new together? What's something you can do to spark that fuel to see what passion is left? The biggest thing for me in any relationship, regardless of marriage or what it is, is can you find the positive? Don't Not even can you, just do it. Find the positive. Oh, he's always this, he does this. Yeah, screw it. What does he do good? What are you thinking about? Focus on what you'll get. Is it helpfulness? Think about all the tiny ways he's helpful. Is it loving? Dive deep into the examples that show him how he loves but that's with every relationship. That's with your kids. Oh my gosh, the teenagers. Really? The teenagers are pretty rough. Yes. What can they do? Oh, they can drive and go to the store now and get you something. Oh, they can babysit and make some of their own money. Oh, maybe they can babysit some of your kids. Oh, they can do, you know, think of all the positives instead of focusing on the negatives. They have a smart mouth. They're so cocky all the time. They eat all my food. Yes, those things are true. But stop thinking about them. Think about the positive things. What are your teenagers really good at? What is your husband really good at? He always takes care of our cars. We never have to pay for an oil change because he's always taking care of it. Or every when that gutter fell off, he got out there in the middle of the storm and he fixed it so that it was unclogged and our house wasn't going to get flooded. Like think of all the things because there are a lot, I'm sure. And if there aren't, then freaking get out. But I'm sure there are. We just have to think about them in that way instead of focusing on so much on the negative. I really doubt highly that you married someone who is despicable and 
didn't want to be a dad and didn't want to be involved. I think it's just us changing as humans in our roles as parents and as spouses over time that we forget all that stuff. I just know that in the last 10, 15 years, I've had friends divorce and both recently, some recently, some a while ago. And when you talk with the ones, even relatively recently that have gone through it, you know, some of them really needed to get the heck out. Like I get it. Like some of them just weren't not a good situation and didn't really start in a good situation either, which isn't keen, but that's another, again, another topic. But several of them were like, I wish I would have just stuck it out. We could have just continued counseling and I really should have thought it through or we should have like, blah, blah, blah. Dating is hard. This person, one person in particular is living with a new person and their kids. And while there's a lot of love there, it's a whole other ball game. And you're in a whole other, like it's life's not going to get really a whole lot easier if it's just this person's boring and the relationship is fizzled and we've grown apart. Like I get that. I, I, I understand it, but it sounds like you're giving up sometimes too. If there's not real like abuse going on are you, and you're just sort of bored, I think it's time to think about that a little harder and find some more positives before you just toss the baby out with the bathwater. Again, I just, I don't advocate staying in a bad marriage, but I also, and I don't advocate staying in bad relationships either. If you have a friend who's totally like ghosting you constantly and, and talking shit, like take care of you. You need to take care of you. That's of utmost importance. But from what I'm gathering from your questions is that you, there's still love there and there's still desire there. It's just a frustrating situation and you see it going south really quickly unless something good comes of it. So I'm hoping and praying for the best for you. I'm definitely sending you some seriously good vibes, Julie, because I believe that you are awesome and so is he and your family is spectacular and you got this. You can do this. And trust me, no matter what hard thing Mike and I have been through, that I like if you've listened to the episode me fleeing to Texas, that was like my end all. Like I was done. I went to Austin by myself, took off, packed a bag, got the hell out. I was done. But even getting over that and all the other times that have just been so rough in my family life, in my in my marriage, I am so grateful we went through it because it's made us that much stronger, that much tighter, that much closer than we had ever been before. And we're going to go the long haul. We're going to go the long haul. We're going to be that couple that's been married 100 years. Well, we'd have to be in our 20s, 120s if that happened. But you know what I mean? Like, we're going to do it. I'm I'm focused on that. I took those vows very, very, very seriously. Um, Yeah. And I, I think you can, I think you got this too. I would love for you to rate and review the show, share with a friend and spread the love. Leave a comment on Instagram with show ideas, questions or comments, or just email me like Julie did at A to Z with Amy Z at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.